0: This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, hey, today we talk about newspapers, record players, answering machines, and other cutting-edge technology that our kids don't understand. Podcast. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Rach. Hey, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm great. I just did a funny acting voice for you, and I I think it sounds kind of like this. <laughs> you hate it when I mess around like
0: that. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 uh-huh, When we're me. testing the mics, and you refuse to talk in a normal voice, <laughs> it's mildly problematic.
1: It, it's funny once, but for some reason I can't. Stop! I do it every time.
0: <laughs> Usually, you sing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <gasps>
0: Which again, lovely,
1: uh-huh. but not great you for don't testing have to the do That it's okay.
0: <laughs> you have a lovely voice, Rachel.
1: Thank you. A Thank
0: lovely you. voice. Thanks. How's your uh, How's your week going?
1: Uh, it's pretty good. I would say sub average. Nope. Average. Yeah, average. Maybe one point below average. <laughs> so sub average. <laughs>
0: I don't think sub-average is a common term. Sub-par. But, yes, sub-par. Um, I'm going to
1: change that, though. I'm going to start a trend with sub-average.
0: Sub-average. So, 1 to 10, what's an average week for you?
1: Oh, like probably a 7 or an 8. So I this, have pretty good weeks.
0: So, this is more of a 6, six
1: yeah, and a half, probably, yeah. probably.
0: Yeah. Which, for
1: some people, might be a really great week. For me, it's sub-average.
0: Sub-average. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> We got to celebrate our seventeenth anniversary this past weekend.
1: Yes. And that was
0: plus average.
1: Oh yeah. It was great. Over average? Over average. Average plus? Average plus four. It was Um, great. It was a good time. Yeah. We had a decent sized fight in the morning. Also true. I feel like it grew us. (laughs) It did grow (laughs) us.
0: And it was it was actually constructive and we had a lovely evening.
1: And it was at a soccer field.
0: Oh, yeah, it was. I forgot about that part. That's I blocked that part out. pretty awesome. <laughs> a public fight.
1: Public fight in a soccer field. Kids are in the hot car. We didn't even start the car for them. It we wasn't just that odd. Outside. No, it wasn't. So. Um, we just stood outside and had a disagreement.
0: But every, like, two minutes, they would open the door and be like, ah, <laughs> are you coming? <laughs> ah.
1: But I would say that it was probably more constructive because I knew kids were in the car and I knew that people were walking by, so it wasn't yeah. like harmful or hateful. More. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting uh, put. Like some guardrails around the fight. Two things you just identified, which are helpful. One, when you're in a situation where it's hard to raise your voice or to be like really mean without it being embarrassing. Yep. Um, it brings the uh, kind of kindness factor up slightly, and yeah. the calmness factor up. Uh, and then the other piece was having a little bit of a impatient uh, bystanders in yeah. our car made us sort of get to the point a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Because um, there's several times where I just wanted to sulk as I am wont to do. And <laughs> As I was you like, are yeah. want to And if do. it was just the two of us <laughs> in private, I probably would have just sulked for like 15 minutes and we would have gotten nowhere, but I was yeah. sort of uh, compelled to actually move forward. So that was
1: I think good it was on a, me. It was good on you to not sulk. Wait, what? What? <laughs>
0: well, maybe I'll try that other times, Rach. Maybe. Yeah,
1: maybe we should just step outside. Every time we have a disagreement, we just go out to the front yard so that people are walking uh, by and we can't yell.
0: We have had some not kind fights in front of other people, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, true.
0: So I want to talk about newspapers with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's the most antiquated thing we could talk about? And I don't know anything about horse whips, so we're gonna talk about <laughs> newspapers.
1: You don't know anything about horse whips.
0: I don't know anything about horse whips. How the, is that possible? The only thing I know about horse whips is the uh the um
1: Oh literally nothing. You know literally nothing. It's because you're from Jersey, the city.
0: No, the first of all, it's the suburbs. <laughs> The entire state is a <laughs> suburb of something. New York, Philadelphia, whatever. Um, no, it's the, the uh, Henry Ford quote about like, if I gave the people what I want, I would have given them a faster horse. It's not even really about horse whips, but how do you make a horse go faster? You whip them.
1: That's literally so. all you know about horse whips.
0: What do you know about horse whips?
1: <laughs> well, I, I know how long they are. They're roughly six feet. No. You don't think so? <laughs> no. I made it up. Have you anything. ever seen a
0: horse? <laughs> You'd be whipping their ankles.
1: No, but <laughs> Unless you, you, like, you're standing you have to like lasso horse. it up. You lasso it up and then you then you whip the horse to snap their booty and then they go fast. <laughs> I'm don't... looking this up. How, how let's go look for it up. It. Okay, I'm gonna look this up. Okay. So I looked and it's um 43 and a half inches or 47 seven and a half inches. How many feet is that? Although some can be found at 36 and 39. That? I don't know the math. I don't know the math. I don't know the math. You don't know how? <laughs> I know it's not six feet. I get it. I get it. It's under five.
0: Maybe, like, if you're really tall, you need a six-foot one. Like you. Yeah. Yes, like me, Rachel. You
1: probably use a six-foot horse whoop.
0: I don't even have a <laughs> horse. All right. So the reason I was thinking about newspapers is our son came to us, and what one of the things he wanted for Christmas was the Sunday paper, like in real life,
1: in paper (laughs) form, like real paper form. He
0: wanted to get the Sunday paper every week. Yeah. So we he's been getting the Sunday paper every week since uh, you know January, and then. It's one of those things, I forget what the phenomenon is when, like, something, like, when you buy a new car, like, you start seeing that car everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, it was sort of the same thing. I started noticing newspapers in people's driveways, which I just had never noticed in a long time since I was a kid. Do you remember being a kid? Like, I remember every driveway had it, yeah. pretty much had a newspaper, yep, right?
1: Absolutely. Almost every
0: day, um, certainly on Sundays. Anyway. This is not roll back at the Times and talk about the 1980s. But anyway, so I started noticing, and actually I was talking to a neighbor, and they had one, I was like, oh, what paper is that? Da, da, da. And they're like, oh, and it was their son who asked for the paper. And yeah. he actually gets it every day of the week and not, but every weekday, but not on the weekends. Not important.
1: You're right. <laughs> Captain anyway, it just got me thinking.
0: I was like, why are these like, elementary and middle school kids you know, wanting to read the newspaper? Question for you. Yeah. Did you read the newspaper growing up?
1: I read the comics.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I loved Kathy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I loved Family you loved Circus. loved Kathy.
0: I don't totally get Kathy. <laughs> I
1: know.
0: I think she's... <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not the target audience.
1: Uh, Probably not. I loved Peanuts. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I read the comics. I read... I would say I scammed the newspaper.
0: Scanned? Yeah. Not scammed it.
1: No, I did not scam any yeah. newspapers, but I scanned the newspaper, um... But the news wasn't really that interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I I looked for the puzzles and the word search and stuff okay. like that.
0: So, Did yeah, you? I'm not much more highbrow. We I read the sports page, mainly. Yeah. Um, and then the comics on the weekends. But... So there was a stage of my life when my parents would go to work and I would walk over to my neighbor across the street's house for like a half hour before we would walk to school together. Yeah. And so we would just hang out. And so I'd usually have breakfast. I'd go over there. He'd be eating breakfast and they'd have their paper.
1: And you'd have a second breakfast.
0: Yeah, usually. Because he had better cereal than I did. (laughs) We weren't allowed to have sweet cereal and he had like slightly (laughs) sweet cereal. Anyway, um, and we would literally go through the box scores. You know what that is?
1: Uh, kind of. So it's like, roughly.
0: like a basketball game, it would be like everyone's name and then how many points they scored, how many assists, all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. And they do that for any sport, baseball, basketball, football. I'll name all the sports. No, if you want. no, just that. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we would just sit there and like look at the box scores. Not that we knew that much about it, but then just like talk about the game yeah. that we just read a two paragraph summary of. Right. Um, so that's just like a phenomenon our kids have never experienced. Not a bad thing, but it's just like I, know, I, I started thinking about it like, oh, our son is getting the Sunday paper because he likes to go through the whole thing. He looks at like the lifestyle section. He likes the comics. He likes the news. Yeah. Um, but he's probably never looked at a box score. I don't even know if they still print those in the paper. They probably don't because you can find them on any website. Right. That does box scores, not just any right, website.
1: Right. <laughs> right. I get it.
0: <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I also read this week. That when you read things in paper versus on a screen, um, there's several studies that affirm that you have better comprehension.
1: No, that totally makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah, totally. I think that like the screen is so, I don't know, like there's, I don't know if it's because something happens in my brain that when I'm looking at a screen, I expect a visual engagement. And then when I'm looking at paper, I expect it to be um, like, I expect to think more. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, when I look at a piece of art in real life, I think more than if I see a picture of it on a screen. Interesting. Do you feel that way?
0: Uh, I definitely resonate with art in the room more. Yeah. Even pictures. Like, you can uh-huh. look at photographs. Obviously... Instagram and all that is really engaging. But if you go to someone's house and they have like photos of them on trips, like I could stare at those for like 15 minutes just because I'm like so interested in the whole thing.
1: It's a totally different experience. And I don't think it's necessarily because it's like you feel – some people are like, oh, I like the feel of the pages or the feel of the book or the feel of the paper. Um, I think it's because your brain – like because we grew up with paper, like knowing paper was where you learned things – like, your brain automatically functions that way. I would be curious about a study on that.
0: Yeah, like, if younger people still comprehend more digitally than we do.
1: Exactly, because they would, they weren't brought up with it.
0: Yeah. The other piece for me is when I'm reading something that is nonfiction, I often take notes, and there is some uh, research around, like, your hand moving or writing things helps you remember things.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, um so that's kind of interesting. So what are some other things of, from our childhood that our kids just like are not familiar with? Maybe they've seen it or heard it, but they've never really used it or it's not part of their life.
1: Yeah, the, the two that come to mind for me were the most, um, the, the most important things in my world when I was young, which were the telephone uh-huh. and the answering machine. Interesting. So those two things, I remember, and this is, yeah, we're just going to say, well, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um,
0: the funny thing about the answering machine, real quick, is like how many TV shows or movies like had the hijinks revolve around someone hearing someone exactly. else's answering machine? Yeah. And that never happens anymore. Well, I barely yeah, listen to my no. own answering machine. <laughs> I know. Or voicemail. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's not even called an answering machine anymore. Right. So I remember um, – Worrying that boys would call me, don't worry, they never did. But worrying that a boy would call me and leave a message and my parents would get it, or if I was expecting somebody to call me, kind of messages were these boys. No, I know it's a no, it was in a a different fantasy world. Don't worry, (laughs) I was a middle school girl, you know.
0: Rachel, let's run away together.
1: Yeah, that's literally what it was. Let's run away together. Don't tell anyone I am, I'm in love with you. (laughs) This
0: is John Elway.
1: Yep, pretty much. <laughs> and maybe a little bit later, it was Patrick Waugh on the Avs, you know.
0: Did you even know what Patrick Waugh looked like? He wears a mask all the time.
1: I met Patrick Waugh.
0: Oh, uh, that's what you babysat for him, didn't you? Yeah. Was he cute?
1: Uh, No.
0: <laughs> just rich and successful?
1: I mean, that'll do, Donkey. That'll do. I'm just kidding. So... Uh. Anyway, all I mean, that to wait, say, can we do an
0: over-under? What percentage of our listeners do you think know who Patrick Waugh is?
1: No, zero. <laughs> I'm sure of it. i would
0: sure. go 15%. No There's, way. We have some uh, Canadian listeners. Okay. And he was very, very famous uh, there. He was popular there. there, yeah. He was the goalie for their um, national team, <laughs> like Olympic team and stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Anyway, I would say there are not many listeners out there who know who Patrick Waugh is. But I did because I was maybe in love with him do for a you know year Do you spell or Patrick so. Waugh? P-A-T-R-I-C-K.
0: I I don't remember, but it's not It's not
1: (laughs) W-A. I can't remember. It's not important. Anyway, all that to say, I just remember um, being worried about the answering machine and running to the answering machine when we would get home as like from a family dinner to Pizza Hut because I got my reading points and got a free pizza. So running home, like running downstairs to the basement where it was kept and listening to the answering machine to make sure that nobody called and left something that would disclose my real identity. Yeah, <laughs> you act. You say that like nonchalantly, like yeah. Your your other identity. I get that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was more the yeah. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I'm trying to think of what the next point is, and you're doing great. But okay, I'm not okay, totally listening. I got it. I
1: got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Answer to sheet. Um yeah. And the
1: phone. Sorry, the phone. Yeah. I mean, it was corded, and did so, you have one in your
0: room at, by high school?
1: Yeah, and it was a huge privilege. Yeah, like. It was a big deal. Was it your had, own
0: line or oh no, no. Oh okay.
1: No. And um, I just remember having to have conversations that were polite enough to be had in front of my parents. And I remember having to answer the phone uh, in a polite way.
0: Did they tell you this is how the phone is answered?
1: Uh yeah. Well, my parents ran a business out of their home, so it was important that if I was answering the phone that I was always like if it was the business line, I would be answering it, and they taught me how to answer it professionally.
0: Yeah. That's something that actually struck me as you and I were just talking about this concept the other day, that even though we don't have a family landline, like, it, our kids don't really represent us, if you will, yeah. when they answer their phone, if they ever answer their phone, because they mostly text. Yeah. Um but it just struck me. Oh, we should teach them how to answer a phone because someday they're going to need to answer a phone, most likely yeah. for a job or for you know a date or anything like that. And just having like some normal base level knowledge of how to do that. What would you teach? Um, just start screaming, <laughs> and then hang up. <laughs> and if they really want to talk to you, they'll call back. <laughs> um. So when I was a kid, it was something like you know, thank you for calling the Smith residence, this is David.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Or, you know, something to that effect where it's sort of like, you let them know who they reached and then who was actually speaking. Yeah. I think that's more formal than is needed today. When, I, when my cell phone rings or even my work number, I say, this even, is David.
1: Even when you know it's your wife. You're like, I do. this is David.
0: <laughs> here's where the, the, this is rooted deep in my brain is I was always worried that I would know it was you at work and then it would turn out to be like a client. Oh. And I the one time I was like, "Hey, where's it going?" And they'd be like, "Hey, this is Mr. Blah, blah blah you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm always totally. like, "This is David," and then you would just always make fun of me. Always. Um, but I job. think that's an appropriate like, "Hey, this is David. Thanks for calling, or something to that effect." That's all it's got to be in my mind. Yeah. What would you have them do?
1: Um. Yeah. Probably like this is this is Rachel or, yeah. Do <laughs> How I mean? do you
0: answer the phone? You're a professional. I'm not. You are.
1: I do answer it. Um. This is Rachel. Yeah. You know, so people know right away who they're talking to. I yeah. do I do make a lot of client calls and when I call someone um who is supposed to be sort of like co-oping with me or something and they don't introduce themselves, oh, yeah. I find it frustrating. Because I hate when people are just like, puts, like, Hey. Yeah, it puts the burden on the other person to be like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for so and so. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, this is so and so, and you're like, Okay. Information I could have used three seconds ago. Exactly. Carry the burden of the conversation. So that's, sorry, that's the main thing that I want our kids to know about phone etiquette is that when you're on the phone, you have to carry the burden of conversation. Just assume that you're going to carry it so that the conversation goes somewhere.
0: Especially if you answer.
1: Especially, oh, I think especially if you call.
0: Well, I would just mean like if you are the one answering, you are the first one to speak and to like set the table.
1: Right, so when you set the table, you say, this is Rachel, and then they say, hey, how are you? And you say, good, how are you? What can I do for you? Like, yep. you ask the right question to carry the conversation forward. Agreed. There we go. Um,
0: so a couple of things that came to mind for me that our kids don't really use, not all of our kids, actually, and so some of this might just be time, but one, analog clocks. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how much time they spend in school learning that. I read an article or heard it on NPR or some somewhere um, that there was a school in London that, like, took out all the analog clocks because none of the kids knew how to use them.
1: Oh, my gosh. Teach the kids how to use them.
0: Yeah, you would think. I think it was a high school, and they were just like, you're done. But I do feel like it's – a. Somewhat meaningless skill. Like most people don't wear watches anymore. We all have phones. The whole deal. Yeah. But I do feel like that's a skill that kids should just understand how to do. Right.
1: Yeah. Sort of it's like, like writing to- a check. Like I don't know how many
0: checks they're going to write in their life, but at some point we're going to teach them how to write a check.
1: Well, and it's a gl- the clock is a global concept. Like that's something yeah. that anywhere you go in the world, you're going to find the clock to be the the primary way you understand time. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. Um, other one, in my mind, our kids actually have some exposure to this. I feel like it became cool again with hipsters um, and old people like my dad, which is the record player. Yeah. And my dad has a ton of records, which is really fun. And my, our kids do sort of enjoy like listening to that and looking at it. That's sort of a thing that they'll probably never experience, which is the buying an entire album, looking at all the cover art, yep. reading all the lyrics, whatever was in there. Yeah. That was kind of part of the experience. That being said, I'm not pining for those days. Like, streaming music is far better. Like, yeah. we have, they have much more access. They know, they know and have heard way more Billy Joel songs in their lifetime than I heard when I was a kid because they can do it for free anytime they want.
1: Yeah, but don't you think there's value? Like, I think that the things that we're talking about today – are valuable because they slowed life down a little bit and made you process so using your example of you the written word on a piece of paper yeah. slowed you down because you had to physically look at something that was specifically for the topic that you wanted to be reading about yeah. right you weren't just scrolling through one device and finding music and words and like the whole thing and I think I remember Listening to an album and it was a tape um, on my tape deck, but you could pull the whole cover out. And I knew every word and was processing yeah. how I felt in that song. Like there were like there were moments where I I understood what was going on in the song. I understood the sadness or the joy or whatever and could resonate with it. And it allowed me to feel something. And I think our kids are missing that feeling piece. And the same thing's true with. Like, I think that they're missing the process of conversation when they're not talking to other people on the phone. Like, because there's a luxury in having face-to-face conversation because you can read a lot of what's going on, and so you don't necessarily have to learn how to drive a conversation as well. And then with text, obviously, you don't have to do anything. It's just, like, flip up your thumbs up, and then you're done with your text.
0: Well, and also a lot of their phone conversations are with relatives, and those have turned into visuals, right? Like Zoom or right. FaceTime or what have you. Right. Um, which is kind of interesting. But uh, the counter to that is that by the time they're looking for a job, their interviews will probably be video. Like I don't, you know, maybe. they think have, so? Yeah. Th- they might have a phone conversation at the front end, but yeah, I do think that um, even now a lot of interviews are done via video because you want to see the candidate and it's, it's a better experience than just hearing them on the phone. Yeah. you do Like, I don't to want to be a whole fuddy-duddy with... that's like, talking on the phone is a skill that you should have just because it's a good skill. Like, it's only a good skill if it's actually used by anyone. Yeah. Now, in your business, it's used a lot. I talk on the phone a little bit, but I, do, I spend more time on video calls than I do on just, like, audio calls at this point. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's also the nature of how the world has changed over the last year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're making a funny face. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I am. I have allergies, and I thought I was going to sneeze. So I had uh, to stop it.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't totally um, agree. Like again, I think it's cool to look through an old record and like have that experience. Uh, you know, I'm sure our parents looked at us and were like, you never just sit by the radio and listen to the talkies or whatever. <laughs> you know, like whatever they thought yeah. um, was lost. But, you know, even like CDs, like where you could just skip around. and You can do that with a tape or whatever. And yeah. You get a record, you have to flip it over. Like, I don't know. I, I think technology progresses primarily for the better. There's certainly things that you don't experience um, but I also feel like we have another son, um, who, uh, we just got a magazine subscription for him and they, there is a physical copy, but then he has online access to it sure. anytime he wants. And like for him to just be able to sit there and read like 50 articles in an evening just cause he wants to. And, and it's like an educational yeah. magazine. Like that's a net positive to, to him getting a magazine sent in the mail once a month. Yeah. You know, like and I don't know that it means that he's less patient or, you know,
1: well, less think, in the moment. I think you have to build in other places to exercise the patient's muscle. Yeah. You know, like, I think that our world. Um, currently. And I do, I I feel like I sound like my parents or my grandparents where they're like, oh, the world is so fast. It's just so hard to resonate with anything, you know, like, (laughs) and I do think that the world is really fast. And what we do need to be attentive to in our children is to teach them how to slow down their interactions so that they're caring individuals, so that they're recognizing what they might be experiencing or feeling in a conversation And that, that is hard to do at the speed of communication now, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like, believe it or not, you know, like you're scrolling through a Facebook page. They don't use Facebook anymore, but they're scrolling through their Snapchats and they're going through several conversations within a minute and they're not stopping to really think about that person or about how they're experiencing it. And so I think like developing that is really important in kids and, I think that the speed of technology is great, but it is important as parents to um, try to teach them or find ways to exercise that muscle. I don't know the ways, though. Do you?
0: No. I mean, a couple of things come to mind. One is just allowing our kids to be bored, um, which feels hard in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe, again, my parents might have felt that. Like I had – I didn't have a TV in my room, but I had a record player slash tape player slash radio – when I was, like, eight, right? So, like, I could go to my room and just listen to music all day, yeah. which is probably not something they experienced. And if they did, it was just on a radio, and so they could listen to whatever was on AM radio, right? So, in their eyes, it might have felt like, oh, he can entertain himself all the time. I remember, like, sort of being scolded by older people about having headphones in all the time, right? Like, that was part of our generation, the Walkman and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so, I, you know, this stuff is kind of incremental, and so... On some level, I worry that our kids don't know how to be bored. um, But sometimes I actually think I'm worse at being bored than they are. And so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you got to start with the kettle or the pot, whichever
1: one
0: one comes first. Um, So I think that's one. I think the other thing that I kept thinking about when you were talking is just teaching our kids presence. Like the fact that communication is easier and faster is not bad. Um, if you can be present in the moment and present with the people you are with. So I think one of the things that is really frustrating, right, is if you're with someone and they're, like, texting other people or they're constantly looking at their screen or they're bouncing from talking to you and then back to doing something else and, like, teaching our kids the discipline to put their phone away and just be present Um, Or if you're on the phone or on FaceTime to just like focus on that conversation with your grandmother and not, you know, be doing two other things. And I do think that's a skill set that is, you know, hard to do in our modern world, even for us.
1: Yeah. And insert the fight we had on Saturday.
0: I don't remember it. Sorry. Oh, my God. Saturday night was so great. (laughs) Oh I accuse you of not being present. Yeah. yeah, which
1: is which is accurate and was necessary for you to call me out so I could draw lines because I um, have been caught up in work and so yeah it was it was good and helpful for you to ask me to slow down and I think I think we do that for our kids too. Yeah. you know but we have to display it.
0: <laughs> yes, we do.
1: That's the sucky part of parenting. It's so much modeling and when my modeling sucks, it's yeah, it's a rough go.
0: Well, I've been thinking about, like, people complain or worry about kids and phones. I think it's a real concern, something to pay attention to. But it's also actually an opportunity to model discipline, mm-hmm. right? And to be like, hey, we all now have phones because we're all in high school or whatever they are, Right. And on Saturdays, we put them in a box or you put them in your room and we all come downstairs and we just hang out or we yep. do whatever or like, or, we're hey. having or you have it in your pocket and you have to have the discipline not to pull it out and start looking at it yeah. while we're at dinner or wherever.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. I totally agree. And I don't want to do it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> in all see
0: that's really our parenting motto. It's a great idea, but I don't want to do it.
1: Well, it's just it is hard, and I mean, it's hard for me to part with my phone because I, yeah, I I feel the addiction. Um, so I think that's a good point.
0: Yeah. So I got a sort of a research paper of the week that we'll call the stat of the week. You want to okay. hear it?
1: Yes, right. stat of the week. R H, Dave. <laughs>
0: Did you forget my name? Were you thinking about someone else who John might have left Elway? you a, left you no. a voicemail <laughs> on your answering machine?
1: Patrick Waugh.
0: So you mentioned uh, that it perturbs you that kids aren't good with phone etiquette.
1: Yeah. Are
0: there any other things that you were like, kids these days, they're not as good as X, Y, or Z? As
1: yeah. I mean, I don't think that kids look you in the eye or like are attentive when an adult is talking. Yeah. Um, And I don't like that at all.
0: This is perfect, Rachel. You fell into my trap. Really? So this article I'll post in the show notes, it's not very thick or dense. It's not like a research paper. Um, And it's really interesting. It's actually the summary. And essentially the premise is they did research and, you know, Every generation complains about the younger generation, right? So some things must be going on there that's not just that we're all devolving into worse and worse humans. Yeah. And so what they actually figured out was that adults who are really good at certain things tend to overestimate how good they were at kids, as kids at those things. And thus be really judgmental of kids these days. Oh, no. Really? Yes. And so, so... So I thought
1: I was amazing on the phone, and I thought that I looked everyone in the eye, and well, I shook their hands.
0: Well, no. The point is you're really good at those things right now. Like, you're a gifted conversationalist. You know how to make people feel welcome. You know how to be present. And so you look at kids, and you see that deficit... Where, and what the study says, and I think this is the interesting part, is that, like, things that you might not be that good at, you probably don't look at kids and go, oh, they're not that good at that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about them. Yeah.
1: Because nobody should be good at those things.
0: (laughs) Who cares? Well, it's like, there's this thing about our memory, they describe it as, it's not a photograph, it's really like a composite. And so, like, we piece together our memory of what life was really like as a kid, and Uh. it's not actually that accurate. And so if someone's good as a conversationalist or someone's really um, has a high level of respect for authority, then they'll look at kids and be like, oh, they have no respect these days, but we used to, right? Yeah. But that's actually a developed skill over time and or you're an outlier. So another great example is that they talk about how professors often are like sort of frustrated with students, but professors weren't an average student. Like, to go on and get a PhD and become a professor means you were, like, sort of the top 1% in terms of your interest in studying. Yeah. And so most of the kids you're teaching are not those people. And
1: so they get so frustrated.
0: Yeah, and they're, like, kids these days. But it's actually, no, you were an outlier as a No, kid.
1: actually, you were <laughs> a little freakish. So.
0: Yes. So it, it kind of gives me a new lens to think through when I get frustrated with, like, kids these days, or whatever that means, yeah. to be, step back and be like, am I overestimating my ability at that? Well, what are your kids a-
1: these days moments? What do you look at kids and say, wait, what? you're an idiot.
0: Rachel, I love all children. No,
1: just say it. <laughs> <laughs> if you loved them, you wouldn't be throwing Coke bottles at them from our front porch.
0: I, well, I don't like that they're on my lawn. <laughs> I have seven or eight <laughs> leaves of oh grass that I'm trying to protect. <laughs> um. I don't know. Just as actually, a side note, yes. you
1: don't throw Coke bottles at children.
0: I love how you don't think people get <laughs> <laughs> the sarcasm on this show.
1: I worry. I think it's clear. I worry.
0: <laughs> um, I'm hemming and hawing to your question because I actually don't know. You probably know better than me like what I complain about or think about with kids. Um, I'm just generally grumpy, but I don't have like <laughs> specific things where I'm like... And some of this is... I have done some reading that has, like, opened my eyes to maybe some of my biases on this particular area. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty self-loathing, so maybe I just think all well, kids are probably better than me.
1: <laughs> I think you get frustrated at things that you um, do you're, or you're afraid of in yourself. Like, yeah, interesting. Like, um, you get frustrated when the kids, like, are give the appearance of being lazy or... Um, unwilling to do chores, like you get yeah. super frustrated with that. And I think yeah. that you are an extremely hard worker, but you yeah. fear being lazy, and yeah. that, that's maybe what makes you a really hard worker. So, yeah, anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit trail, but I just think
0: it's a trailer hole.
1: It's a hole, rabbit deep hole, hole.
0: <laughs> deep hole in my heart.
1: Anyway, that's interesting. I think that's a really, I think that's an interesting perspective. The professor analogy.
0: That brought it home for you?
1: Yeah, made sense to me.
0: Well, I'm glad, Rach. Thanks. Hey, Hey. speaking of hardworking, you, thank you for working on the farm.
1: Hey, thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. (laughs) Hey David, how are you? It's good to chat with you.